Feeling any better? A little bit. Guess what? What? Your grandfather's here. Mom, can't you tell me I'm sick? You're sick. That's why he's here. He'll pinch my cheek. I hate that. Maybe he won't. Hey, how's this sicky? Huh? I think I'll leave you two pals alone. I brought you a special present. What is it? Open it up. A book? That's right. When I was your age, television was called books. And this is a special book. It was the book my father used to read to me when I was sick, and I used to read it to your father. And today, I'm going to read it to you. Got any sports in it? Are you kidding? Fencing, fighting, torture, revenge, giants, monsters, chases, escapes, true love, miracles. Doesn't sound too bad. I'll try and stay awake. Oh, well, thank you very much. It's very nice of you. Your vote of confidence is overwhelming. All right. The prince's bride. By S. Morgenstern, Chapter One. Buttercup was raised on a small farm in the country of Florin. Her favorite pastimes were riding her horse and tormenting the farm boy that worked there. His name was Wesley, but she never called him that. Isn't that a wonderful beginning? Yeah, it's really good. Nothing gave Buttercup as much pleasure as ordering Wesley around. Farm boy. Polish my horse's saddle. I want to see my face shining in it by morning. As you wish. As you wish was all he ever said to me. Farm boy, fill these with water. Please. As you wish. That day, she was amazed to discover that when he was saying, as you wish, what he meant was, I love you. And even more amazing was the day she realized she truly loved him back. Farm boy. Fetch me that picture. Kissing book. Wait, just wait. When's it get good? Uh, keep your shirt on. Let me read. 
Wesley had no money for marriage, so he packed his few belongings and left the farm to seek his fortune across the sea. Isn't that a wonderful beginning? I love stories, and I've encountered many, but this is one of my favorites. Although many have heard or seen this story, very few have read or truly know the one it's really about. And I want to share that with you today, share with you a book written long ago. This book is filled with fighting, torture, and revenge, giants and monsters, chases and escapes, true love, and yes, oh yes, miracles. If you think you know the book that I'm talking about, look a little closer and don't leave. I know like the kid, you think you're being tricked, but I believe there's more to this book. There's more to this story. There's more to this word. Now, keep your shirt on because I believe this will change the way we view this book and change our understanding of true love forever. Before we go any further, welcome to Faith Promise and back to the movies where we tell them of him combining faith and film to show anyone and everyone the real love of Jesus. No matter where you find yourself on your spiritual journey, if you're filled with faith or you're just looking for something spiritual, we are so glad that you're here. And we hope this helps you take your next step. I'd love to read to you another beautiful and wonderful beginning. A guy by the name of John, one of Jesus's closest friends writes this. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. In a timeless infinity and long before a once upon a time, God was and is. In many of us, we believe that today. But John writes about something interesting. He calls it the word or logos. John clearly wants us to know that there was someone else there in the beginning with God. And John just calls this someone the word. This someone, this light, this life, this word is still so misunderstood and masked. Why is he far from you today? Did someone misuse this, twist this, and hurt you or someone you know? Or is the pain and your problems in your past, are you still tortured by them? Or maybe some of us today, we, we just don't know him. Many of us know that our stories are far from fairy tales. Even though the princess bride begins with love, heartbreak, separation and death enter our story when Buttercup learns that Wesley, her true love, has been captured and killed by the dread pirate, Roberts. When she finds this news out, she says, I will never love again. Have you ever said that? Have you ever felt that way? I know I have. But life, like so many stories, has a way of turning the page and moving on. Five years later, the main square of Florence City was filled as never before to hear the announcement of the great Prince Humperdinck's bride-to-be.
My people, a month from now, our country will have its 500th anniversary. On that sundown, I shall marry a lady who was once a commoner like yourselves. But perhaps you will not find her common now. Would you like to meet her? Yes! My people, the Princess Buttercup. Buttercup's emptiness consumed her. Although the law of the land gave Humperdinck the right to choose his bride, she did not love him. Despite Humperdinck's reassurance that she would grow to love him, the only joy she found was in her daily ride. my lady. We are but poor lost circus performers. Is there a village nearby? There is nothing nearby. Not for miles. Then there will be no one to hear you scream. Did you know that you could read this entire Bible in 70 hours? and that the average American looks at a screen around 10 hours a day. Simply put, we could read this Bible from start to finish in about a week, if we wanted to. So why haven't most of us done it? Could it be that we are chasing something else? Could it be that our true love and devotion have been captured and carried away by something or someone else? Or could it be that we really don't understand what John wrote so long ago? Who is this masked man, this life, this light, this word? And can this book actually help? For Buttercup, her kidnapping attracts the focused pursuit of two men. The first, her fiance, Prince Humperdinck, who is said to be able to track a falcon on a cloudy day. Someone we are led to believe truly loves her because true love always gives chase. The second one giving chase is a mysterious, masked man, is someone not to be trifled with as he manages to defeat the skill of a swordsman. <clears throat> the strength of a giant. I do not envy you the headache you will have when you awake. And the smarts of a criminal mastermind. <laughs> in his pursuit of Buttercup. Now, having successfully stolen back the kidnapped princess, the masked man reveals his true identity. I know who you are. Your cruelty reveals everything. You're the dread pirate Roberts. Admit it. With pride. What can I do for you? You can die slowly, cut into a thousand pieces. Hardly complimentary, Your Highness. Why lose your venom on me? You kill my love. It's possible. I kill a lot of people. 
Who was this love of yours? Another prince like this one? Ugly, rich, and scabby. No, a farm boy, poor. Poor and perfect. With eyes like the sea after a storm. On the high seas, your ship attacked. And the dread pirate Roberts never takes prisoners. I can't afford to make exceptions. I mean, once word leaks out that a pirate has gone soft, people begin to disobey you, and then it's nothing but work, work, work all the time. You mock my pain! Life is pain, Highness. Anyone who says differently is selling something. I remember this farm boy of yours, I think. This would be what, five years ago? Does it bother you to hear? Nothing you can say will upset me. He died well. That should please you. No bribe attempts or blubbering. She simply said, please. Please, I need to live. It was the please that caught my memory. I asked him what was so important for him here. True love, he replied. And then he spoke of a girl of surpassing beauty and faithfulness. I can only assume he meant you. You should bless me for destroying him before he found out what you really are. And what am I? Faithfulness he talked of, madam, your enduring faithfulness. Now tell me truly, when you found out he was gone, did you get engaged to your prince that same hour, or did you wait a whole week out of respect for the dead? You mocked me once, never do it again! I died that day! You can die too, for all I care! Oh. As you wish! Oh, my sweet Wesley, what have I done? Ow! Life is pain. Ever felt like your day-to-day -day resembles falling and flopping down a hill? Ever felt like your life is out of control and you're just waiting for it to slide to a stop at the bottom so you can attempt to follow the feeling again or be spiritual or try to get back to group. Here's some good news. True love never gives up. So although you may feel like not fighting anymore or never loving again, someone from the very beginning of story itself is chasing you. And he, this light, this life, this word will never give up until he finds you and turns your world upside down. Suddenly, Princess Buttercup's world is turned upside down when she realizes the, the very one she thought was the monster loves her more than anyone. And the one she thought was chasing her for a reason turns out to be the monster. Escaping into the fire swamp, unmasked, Wesley and his princess try to escape Prince Humperdinck, who has secretly been plotting to kill his bride all along to start a war and elevate himself and his kingdom. What's crazy is Buttercup never even knew the prince was actually her greatest enemy. Don't be fooled. True love has an enemy, and so do you. And whether you realize it or not, we all have a prince out to get us, out to steal and kill and destroy us. Another early follower of Jesus, Paul, writes, our enemy is the prince of the power of the air. 
warning us that this prince blinds us, broadcasts his evil to all humanity, and sets himself up as fake royalty against the true king. Sometimes we can see his handiwork in things that attack and bite chunks out of our hearts, things that burn us in relationships closest to us, and traps that swallow us whole and threaten to bury us beneath shame, guilt, and despair. But let's be real this weekend. In our own choices to go our own way, sometimes we walk headlong into places every bit as dangerous as the fire swamp. With little more than our own wits, strength, and direction to guide us, what we truly need is someone to rescue us, love us, and lead us to a better way, the way to freedom. For Wesley and Buttercup, their escape through the fire swamp leads them directly to Prince Humperdinck. But in an act of true love, Buttercup sacrifices herself and promises to marry Humperdinck if he spares Wesley's life. True love makes the ultimate sacrifice. But Humperdinck and his minion, the Count, or some call the Six-Fingered Man, like our enemy, are liars that will stop at nothing to drag us down to the pit of despair. insist on everyone being healthy before they're broken. So it's to be torture. I can cope with torture. Don't believe me? You survived the fire swamp. You must be very brave. But nobody withstands the machine. love each other and so you might have been truly happy not one couple in a century has that chance no matter what the storybooks say and so I think no man in a century will suffer as greatly as you will got to 50 <laughs> Isaac, listen. Do you hear? That is the sound of ultimate suffering. My heart made that sound when Ruga slaughtered my father. The man in black makes it now. The man in black? His true love is marrying another tonight. So who else has the cause for ultimate suffering? Excuse me. 
Pardon me, it's important. Visit, please. Thank you. Our enemy wants to see us suffer. Don't believe me? Does life ever seem like there's little hope of anything getting better? Our relationships, your marriage, your job, your finances, your future. Does sometimes it feel like you're lost and no one can find you? No one can rescue you, not even God. It feels like life, you're trying to climb the cliffs of insanity. But there is hope. Paul writes in the book of Romans that while we were yet in the pit of despair, this life, this light, this love came to take our place on a machine of death called a Roman cross. But this is not the end of the story. I promise you a miracle, remember? For Jesus, death doesn't mean what you think it means. And since the beginning of this story, true love has been waiting to die, to rise up, to rescue you right where you are. Wesley, will you ever forgive me? What hideous sin have you committed lately? I got married. I didn't want to. It all happened so fast. Never happened. What? Never happened. But it did. I was there. This old man said man and wife. Did you say I do? Oh, no. Sort of skipped that part. Then you're not married. He didn't say it. He didn't do it. Wouldn't you agree, Your Highness? A technicality that will shortly be remedied. But first things first. To the death. No! To the pain. I don't think I'm quite familiar with that phrase. I'll explain, and I'll use small words so that you'll be sure to understand, you warthog-faced buffoon. That may be the first time in my life a man has dared insult me. It won't be the last. To the pain means the first thing you lose will be your feet below the ankles. Then your hands at the wrists. Next, your nose. And then my tongue, I suppose. I killed you too quickly the last time. A mistake I don't mean to duplicate tonight. I wasn't finished. The next thing you lose will be your left eye, followed by your right. And then my ears, I understand. Let's get on with it. Wrong! Your ears you keep, and I'll tell you why. So that every shriek of every child at seeing your hideousness will be yours to cherish. Every babe that weeps at your approach, every woman who cries out, Dear God, what is that thing? will echo in your perfect ears. That is what the pain means. It means I leave you in anguish wallowing in freakish misery forever. I think you're bluffing. It's possible, pig. I might be bluffing. It's conceivable, you miserable, vomitous mass. But I'm only lying here because I lack the strength to stand. Then again, perhaps I have the strength after all. Perhaps Jesus has the strength, after all, to rescue you, to give you hope and a future, 
and eternal life with him forever. I love when Buttercup asks Wesley for forgiveness and he says, what hideous sin have you committed lately? After she confesses, Wesley simply responds, it never happened. In Hebrews, we're reminded that God will be merciful and he will remember our sins no more. True love forgets your past and forgives forever. If this feels inconceivable, it's really not. The light, the life, and the word, more commonly known as Jesus Christ, never gave up his chase for you. And like Wesley in the pit of despair, Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice and gave up every last drop of his life to show you he has the power to rescue you. You don't have to be friendless, brainless, helpless, or even hopeless. You don't have to go back to where you were. You don't have to live a nearly dead spiritual life. Because even when our enemy thought he'd won and destroyed true love, true love miraculously rose and defeated sin and shame and death and tied them up with our enemy forever. And you know that a story this good deserves a worthy ending. They rode to freedom, and as dawn arose, Wesley and Buttercup knew they were safe. A wave of love swept over them, and as they reached for each other... What? What? Nah, it's kissing again. You don't want to hear that. I don't mind so much. Okay. Since the invention of the kiss, there have been five kisses that were rated the most passionate, the most pure. This one left them all behind. The end. Now I think you ought to go to sleep. Maybe, just maybe, now like the young boy, you'll see this book, this word, differently than before. How could reading this book change your view of the light and the life of Jesus forever? Let me challenge you to put God first and join us in the Bible reading plan or find one that fits your life. Are you willing to invite your Heavenly Father to tell you his story of true love? Not just today or tomorrow, but again and again and again. Campus pastors, do as you wish. <laughs>